opening up the courthouse doors with a probate just says, bring them all. Come on in and let's start fight. Put on the gloves and let's go. You just open the doors for them to fight. Whereas if you name payable on death beneficiaries, when you draw your last breath, that bank account is gone. It is to the person that you list as the payable on death beneficiary. It's gone. There is nothing to fight over because the asset is gone. Welcome to the Answers on Aging podcast. This podcast provides solutions to your questions and commonly faced challenges about caregiving, legal, and financial issues, personal struggles associated with the normal aspects of aging, and the unforeseen obstacles that oftentimes can be life-altering and even devastating. Each episode dissects real life, real-time issues, and will often feature special guests who bring expert-level knowledge and free resources straight to you. This podcast is hosted by certified elder law attorney Todd Watley and licensed nursing home administrator Sarah Scott. Together, these aging experts bring an impressive combined 30-plus years of experience to the table in order to give you all the answers on aging. That is right. This is Answers on Aging, and um, my name is Todd Watley, and thankfully I am here with my co-host Sarah Scott. Hey, Todd Watley, and hello, everyone. Welcome to the Answers on Aging podcast. We are bringing to you today episode 22. That's amazing. I know. It's really been more than 22 because several of our episodes have had multi-parts. That's true. We've had a couple bonuses that were phenomenal. (laughs) Okay. And I think just so far, I'm loving doing this podcast with you. I think that we are starting to achieve our goals by getting some education out there to everyone. And so we just want to say a very sincere thank you to everyone who listens, who shares, and most of all, who learns and does better because of our podcast. Yeah. So, please share. Yes. Tell, please tell people share. about us. Not mm-hmm. that we make any money. We just want the information out there. And the more, the merrier. I, I do like to see the numbers. We can track how many downloads we uh-huh. get. And so uh-huh. when we instantly hit 20 or 30, I'm like, cool. And then it just gradually goes up. So, yeah, yeah. I, would, I would love to see 100. I would like to see one of our episodes hit 100. Yeah, help us do that. Yeah. And then maybe we'll do something extra special. <laughs> maybe it'll be a double bonus episode. hundred <laughs> download fun show. Okay. Yeah. So today is episode 22, and we are going to be answering the question, how can I ensure, hopefully, <laughs> harmony in my family following my death? When Sarah typed this out, or I modified it, it was just, how can I ensure harmony in my family's death? Well, I'm a lawyer. I don't like, you know, very solid statements because there is nothing that absolutely can be done. If your family is going to fight, they're going to fight. However, there are some pretty cool things you can do to take a lot of the fight out of them Uh and make sure that your wishes are carried out and things are done well. So There are. And so today we have five tips or tricks for you to help ensure hopeful harmony after mm-hmm. your death. Um, but a lot of these go into way more detail in previous episodes or 
will be covered in future episodes. So if we use a term or mention a, a legal tool or a certain level of care that you're uncertain about, um, we're not going to dive really into the weeds, but rest assured you should have the information at your fingertips within another episode if you want to learn more about that specific topic. And let us know. If yeah. something sparks your interest, it's like, hey, Todd, Sarah, please do an episode on this. We would mm-hmm. love to hear from you. Yes. And so in thinking about this topic, um, <clears throat> it, it came to mind because I have lost a family member, my brother, unexpectedly. It caused anything but harmony (laughs) in our family. It was quite tragic and crisis planning because it was unexpected. He was younger. And, excuse me, I've had a lot of reasons recently to reflect on that experience. And in trying to draw off of it and learn from that, I thought, you know, most of our listeners are older and have a lot more time to plan and to prevent these types of conflicts or crises or anything less than harmony um, at your death. And so why don't we just put something together that really kind of spells it out and simplifies it. But just a heads up, this is not five easy tips and everybody's going to be in harmony (laughs) singing the Coke song, holding hands. Okay. It's true. It's not. It's true. Um, In fact, the very first tip that um, we have for you today is definitely the hardest. And that is, it's a big feat and could probably be like a five-part episode in itself. It's not today, but it is starting that conversation and beginning communicating with your loved ones about what it looks like at your death. So mm-hmm. that includes prepaid burial plans or plots. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what kinds of wishes that you have for the end of your life. And a lot of those things can be relatively easy to take care of. But unless you start having that conversation and have a open communication line with either your spouse or your adult children or your caregivers... You're, you're not going to be able to make life after you pass away for your loved ones anything but just really stressful and really difficult. I would suggest as an attorney that if you think what you want to do is going to ruffle feathers, and you never really know that, but if you know for sure that it, it is going to cause problems such as Many times one child really steps up and does a lot of stuff toward the end of life, quits their job, spends time taking you to the doctor, cleaning house, cooking, going to the grocery, you know, doing things. You may want to benefit that person more financially than the other kids who are not local and not doing stuff. That's a very legitimate reason to do that. It's your money. You can do with it what you want. But I would suggest that if that is something you are thinking about doing, tell the family now. Yes, it it hurts. It's going to cause some feelings, but you can explain 
And then if one of these kids contests, they contest on grounds that you didn't know what you were doing. You were persuaded by someone else to do it. You were misinformed. I mean, those are legitimate reasons to contest and a, a state plan. And if the, that person and other people hear those words come out of your mouth and you know what you're doing, and it's there for the family to hear, their ability to fight and and contest that goes down tremendously. It and, does. And I know you don't want to stir up problems, and we always talk about during the, the holidays, it's like, well, if you take our mm-hmm. advice, your Thanksgiving dinner <laughs> or Christmas dinner is going to be very different this year. So, you know, I, I don't know, whenever you want to do it, wherever you do it, you know, Make sure dinner's over with, probably. It's like, wait, 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 before we get up yeah. and go get dessert or while we're eating dessert, mm-hmm. I, I need to make a, I need to say a few things. Yeah. And that way, if they get mad, the entire dinner's not ruined, just dessert. And some mm-hmm. of us could probably go without dessert. Here's a suggestion. Okay. Um, while everybody's cleaning up the kitchen. Oh, yeah. Because you've got, like, something to look at. You've got, like, a little bit of distraction, but... It's also a great time for conversation. Yeah. Um, if you're in my family, we probably are going to finish the meal, clean up the kitchen, and then like dive into a serious game of Scrabble or mm-hmm. some cards or something. So yeah. before things kind of wrap up Bring and everybody's and at the table, mm-hmm. literally and figuratively, right. let's get this conversation out there. Here's what I plan on doing. And, and you may modify that some. And, you know, there's some pros and cons to doing this before you go see the lawyer. There's a lot of reasons to do this after you see the lawyer, because the some things that you may think are great ideas, the attorney may say, mm, think about this, because right. I, I've been through this 5,000 times, you've never been through it. What what about this or that? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you'll be amazed at what I can bring up to say. Mm, if you think that through, like naming joint trustees, okay. Just one common example is: well, I have three kids, so I'm going to name them all as trustees. Mm-hmm. That is a horrible, horrible, horrible idea. You <laughs> you have three people as president or in control. If they don't get along, they all have the same power. Mm-hmm. It is a nightmare. And so I, as your attorney, will tell you, let's pick one. Pick the one who's going to do the best job, who can handle the stress of selling and dividing everything up and putting up with these personalities. It may not be the oldest child, okay? It it, It, it may not be a child. It may not be a child. It can be a friend or a bank or Mm -hmm. somebody. So possibly you may want to have this conversation after you talk to your attorney. And generally, if you then get into this conversation over Thanksgiving or Christmas or whatever, and something comes up that's like, oh, yeah, that probably is a good idea. We should change that. If you do a revocable living trust or pretty much everything we do except for an irrevocable trust is changeable. You can go in, amend the trust to say, yeah, I I didn't think this all the way through. My family had problems with this, and here's what I would like to do, and let's make this change. That happens all the time. It does. And also, to Todd's point about meeting with your attorney prior to this opening conversation, assuming that this communication or this type of communication has not existed yet, um, you can at least have in place your legal documents Mm -hmm. or 
a template for, okay, I know I need to get powers of attorney. I know I need to do a beneficiary deed. I need to do X, Y, and Z. I think I want this kid to be my health care power of attorney. Mm-hmm. I think I want this kid to be my financial power of attorney. But don't I really want to ask them first and make sure that they're, like, up to the task mm-hmm. if that day comes? Sure. So it, there, well, there are a lot of reasons why you probably should want to meet with your attorney prior to this conversation beginning. Right. And I was just thinking if, you know, someone – Names the son, but it's like, my daughter's going to be really mad if yeah. she's not co-agent. Blame it on me, because yeah. I said, no, she no, she should not be co-agent. The son yeah. first, then the daughter. Blame it on me. Yeah. I'm not at the table. Right, exactly. I, I'm eating my own meal somewhere, so just <laughs> throw me under the bus. I'm okay. Yeah, and then how great would it be to know that the, and I know this might sound morbid, and this may not be normal, but... I have this idea in my head of what I want my memorial service to look like. Okay. And there are some very specific things that I want. Are there balloons? Um, no. Okay. I mean, there could be. <laughs> okay. I can see it's yours. Uh, but there are name tags. Okay. And it tells everybody how you know me, like oh. what your first name is and how you know me. Oh, that's Because that's cool. that is one of the most awkward things at memorial services. <laughs> so, you know, and that's a rabbit that's hole. That's a good but idea. No, it's just like, like, oh, well, now you don't have to ask and oh. waste five minutes getting to know somebody outside of this person we came to celebrate. We just talk about them in the capacity that we knew them. Anyway, um, I recommend name tags at funerals. <laughs> okay. We are 12 minutes into this and we've just Only covered gotten one. gotten to number one. Okay, but I did want to share with y'all that I came across this really cool book. It's called Life in Motion. And it's written by Karen Purs or Perse. I hope I'm not butchering her last name. But it's a really cool template that lays out certain conversations, um, certain planning tools, and so much more that really um, go parallel with today's episode. So if you want to find out more, check out our show notes, and I'll have a link to um, for you to be able to click and, and get access to that book. And I'll bet you three bucks Sarah's going to get her on the podcast. I'm going to try really hard. Okay. Okay. All right, number two. So have all financial and legal documents... In one safe place. One place. One place. Make sure they know. So here's what I do. I don't know what your attorney's going to do, but here's what I recommend. Your originals are signed in blue ink. Put those somewhere where fire, tornado, whatever will not affect them. A fire safe, a, a safe deposit box at the bank, somewhere absolutely positively safe. Yes. The copies of those documents are in a three-ring binder sitting on a shelf or in a drawer somewhere that someone knows where they are. Mm-hmm. So therefore, yes, it's out in the open. If the house burns down and these burn up, it's okay. We can make more copies. So right. put your copy somewhere. And then I suggest, and this gets into another one kind of, but I suggest that you when you get these documents, pull your current bank statement mm-hmm. from every account that you have, investments, life mm-hmm. insurance, 
checking savings, CDs, whatever. Put a copy of that in this binder. Mm. Our binders have pockets on the front um, cover. And you put those documents in there. And then I recommend on July 4th, pull the current month's Pull those out, put in the current month for as close as you can get to July 4th, and then do January 1st. So every six months, you've basically got new documents in there. That way, when you die, your family comes in and they know where your estate planning documents are and your assets. Yes, and I recommend that you inform two, at least two to maybe three people about where these documents are mm-hmm. so that if you tell your kids and God forbid something happens and they pass away before you do, you've got another trusted source that is also listed on the safety deposit box mm-hmm. at the bank and they need to know where the key is. You would be amazed <laughs> at the big deal. at the people the kids who you know Mom and dad pass away, they go into the house, and they have no idea where anything is. And they just start rummaging through Mm -hmm. stuff to find mom and dad's estate planning Mm -hmm. documents. I don't keep originals, and I would recommend, I would think most attorneys don't, because if their office burns down, all of these plans burn up. And so I don't keep originals. You paid for them, I give them back to you. So I don't have the originals, and you typically need the original if at all possible. So make sure they are safe, but then make sure someone in your family knows where these documents are. Mm -hmm. And okay. So the third tip is we really cannot stress this enough. Make sure that all of your accounts and properties have payable on death beneficiaries, including your vehicles, your annuities, your investments, maybe a small life insurance policy you got 30, 40, 50 years ago, make sure that they all have payable on death beneficiaries and that those people are, in fact, the ones you want to receive the funds. Right. And that is because you don't want to go through probate. We did a show on probate, right? Mm -hmm. Surely. Okay. So you can go back and look at how to avoid probate, why to do that. It's it's crucial that you avoid probate because probate is court. Uh And if there's a underlying fight waiting in your family, opening up the courthouse doors with a probate just says, bring them all. Come on in and let's start fight. Put on the gloves and let's go. You just open the doors for them to fight. Whereas if you name payable on death beneficiaries, when you draw your last breath, that bank account is gone. It is to the person that you list as the payable on death beneficiary. It's gone. There is nothing to fight over because the asset is gone. Mm -hmm. Same thing on your house. If you do some type of estate, a life estate deed, ladybird deed, beneficiary deed that says this is my house while I'm still alive at my death. It goes to these people. You draw your last breath and boom, it is gone. Mm-hmm. Okay. There is nothing to fight. I mean, they'll fight, but it's a hard fight when the asset is owned by your sibling rather than you if if you're fighting. Preach. Okay. Okay. I'm a little wound up on that. I can tell. Okay. Are you done? I'm done. You need to take a deep breath. <sighs> okay. That's good 
Just relax. Just relax. Just uh, she relax. tells me that a lot. I have to because he gets wound up. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I'm passionate. Um, so the fourth tip is, and this might go against my grain, okay, because I'm kind of the happy, positive outlook person, but you need to plan worst-case scenario situations for what long-term care looks like mm-hmm. for you specifically. You're going to spend some time in some type of long-term care, yeah. almost guaranteed. I mean, like 75% of everybody's going to spend some time in a long-term hospital, right. hospice, assisted living, nursing home. Or home care. Or, yeah, or living. home care. Or, yeah. And I, th- I kind of consider long-term care also living with an adult child. Yeah. Because that's in itself a little piece of long-term care that maybe isn't regulated and recognized as like an official form of long-term care, but I'm telling you, it's out there. there. So let's have a conversation about, okay, first of all, what resources are within my radius of providers from home care to independent living, retirement communities, assisted living and nursing homes. And then also if it's absolutely not an option for you to be able to pay for that type of care, um, what's that going to look like whenever I'm going to need to move in with you as my adult child? Yeah, let me just tell a quick story here. You, the listener may be thinking, what's this got to do with family harmony? This is not everything. about... Everything. <laughs> it has everything, everything because there are so many times that I've had meetings with a stressed out daughter who has been dealing with her parents for probably years. And she's made the decision for mom or dad to go into a a nursing home. Mm -hmm. You know, the doctor is saying it, she knows it, everybody knows it. But the brother in California is like, no, those things are expensive. And we're going to lose all of our money if you put them into a nursing home. And it starts throwing a fit. And I've had people call lawyers and get local lawyers to represent them and just cause all kinds of problems. Mm -hmm. And it's like, what are you doing? So, you know, my solution for this, I think I've told you this, but it's not to the brother in California. I tell the the sister, say, fine, you, um, you know, have have. You ask him to come here. Oh, no, he's busy. I said, okay, go online, go to American Airlines, Delta, whatever, find a legitimate flight from Mm -hmm. here to, you know, however, and don't buy it, but just have the information and call your brother and say, look, if you don't want her going to the nursing home, I'm telling you, I can't do this anymore. So to solve this, I've purchased a ticket and she'll be on American Airlines flight 1463 landing at the closest airport to you next Thursday afternoon. And they panic. They're like, wait, 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 wait. Hang on. <laughs> so that suddenly gets them to the table to to talk. No. <laughs> Where's the cricket? That's what your brother sounds like on the end of the line. You make me edit stuff now. Um, write down 22. Oh, my gosh. Okay. We try to make boring 
awkward conversations, kind of fun. Okay, so seriously, I've done that, and I've had some some family members do that, and and they say it is priceless when they yeah. think mom's arriving on an airplane mm-hmm. at their airport. They suddenly come to the table and they start to negotiate. They're like, okay, well, how so, much do I need to chip in? Or? Right. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. so you bringing this up now, bring the brother and the sister together and say, look, here's the plan. And see a elder law attorney to know that you don't have to lose everything when you need long-term care. Mm-hmm. That's good. Thank you. Nice point. Okay, the last tip, it might be kind of cheesy, but... I. I really like it, is live your legacy while you're still here. It's like while you still can leave a legacy, live it, because that in itself is so valuable to the family. And at the end of the day, if you have zero planning in place, if you have all of your estate going through probate, but you've lived a life that impresses on your family and on your friends that you know, relationships are of the utmost importance and we always need to be kind and respect and love one another, then maybe, just maybe, when they are going through probate in the courtroom, Hopefully not, but they're not going to be ugly to one another, you know, when they're going to remember the impression that you left and the legacy that you lived and now that you have left and, and carry out your wishes the best way they possibly can. If you have a great family out there, count your blessings. Mm-hmm. There, it is so, I, this is a true story. People are sometimes like, really? I was like, this is a true story. I was at my desk at my law office and a lady came in, opened the door and said, I need to see a lawyer right now. Had blood running down her face, actively bleeding. And my Secretary freaked out, Todd. And so I go up there, and I mean, she's actively bleeding from a cut above her eye. And she said, I need a lawyer right now. I was like, ma'am, I think you, you need a doctor. doctor. Yeah. She said, no. I, she said, I just came from my from the funeral home. Oh my and my sister or whoever, we got in a fight literally over mom's casket. A fist fight. And she came to the lawyer first before I was like, ma'am, there is nothing I can do today. You go get that sewed up, get that fixed, come back and we can talk. So I am telling you, there are some family dynamics out there. Please, please, please take some steps and fix it now so it's not a problem later. Yes, absolutely. And if you want to learn more about any of these specific tips or documents or planning tools that we mentioned today just refer back to previous episodes and as always and forever will be we are so appreciative that you are listening and please don't forget to share this information with your friends and family and we will see you on the flip side all right thank you Thank you for listening to the Answers on Aging podcast with Todd and Sarah. Be sure to hit subscribe and keep tuning in each week as they bring you helpful, useful, and easy-to-find resources for making life as we age as simple and enjoyable as possible. For more information about this episode, visit AnswersOnAgingPodcast.com. 
Click on the show notes tab and take advantage of the free resources right there at your fingertips. To see Todd and Sarah live, check out our Facebook page, Answers on Aging, to catch a live feed of their radio show every Wednesday morning from 9 to 10 o'clock. Todd and Sarah welcome feedback and love to answer your questions. So please, let them know what you think by leaving a review and share with your friends and family. 